Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is Sabrina Cronin, who's the founder of Cronin Law Firm. Welcome, Sabrina. Hi, Gary. Thank you. So you tell us about you. I mean, you didn't start out just right away in, in law. Uh, kind of tell us your tell us your story of how you got there. Well, um, okay. So <laughs> I was a music major in undergrad, and I had done um, a lot of performing and a lot of entertaining. And I, I went to law school right after my undergraduate, uh, you know, curriculum, but I ended up getting a master's in business as well at the same time, but I still had always performed and done my music and uh, had always maintained that active lifestyle and the, that passion was always alive and well, but I decided to become a lawyer because I saw some of the injustices that some of my friends in the entertainment business were dealing with. And, uh, you know, that proverbial have something to fall back on kind of thing was, you know, in my mind. And, and I thought, you know, I, I think I want a little more stable lifestyle. Um, so that's, that's really what made me focus more on, on my career in law. But I had always done both at the same time. Right. So but besides being an attorney now, you also are a life coach? I am. I do a lot of coaching and counseling relative to different aspects of someone's life, whether it's empowerment, whether it's business, whether it's relationships or co-parenting. It started with co-parenting because I do a lot of family law, but it, it you know, it, I found some commonalities among all those various areas of a person's life. And it all boils down to how you feel about yourself and self-empowerment and self-esteem. And so it really grows from there. Right. So what was it that made you get into the family law side of things? So as a practicing attorney for over 25 years, I had done a myriad of types of law. Mm -hmm. I started out representing large, you know, um, insurance companies and medical providers and healthcare facilities. And my law career transitioned from that to doing um, some more, you know, personalized legal work, whether it was business, um, family law, um, you know, criminal law. It, it, it sort of transitioned as I changed jobs at different locations. Uh, I had worked for a couple large law firms and then I went in-house. I was... Um, a professional employer organizations, in-house counsel, and then I went to 
working for uh, the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office here in Michigan. So I had done a lot of different things and I did it purposefully to, to challenge myself um, because I didn't want to get stuck in one area that so many attorneys do. They get pigeonholed out of really necessity because that's where that firm is hiring, their needs are at that particular point in time. And my life just sort of transitioned over the years. My personal life kind of dictated some of that. Mm -hmm. And some of it was really more of my focused goals at the time. And um, after I left the prosecutor's office, I took a, you know, a step back and I took some time to start a family and raise my kids. And I had always been performing along the way. And I started finding that more and more people were getting referred to me for criminal matters and family law matters, more personalized attention. Right. And um, even though I had always done that, you know, here and there spatterings throughout my career, it really became more and more of a focus area for me. Uh, and probably because when I was a prosecuting attorney, I represented a lot of victims. And so I learned how to meet their needs. And it really helped me from a personal point of view as well. And um, as I was growing as a person and I was evolving, I was attracting those kinds of clients more and more and more. Right. And then once I decided to open up a law and open up an office, really hang a shingle, uh, that's when more of those types of clients just started coming to me. It was like that attraction. And, um, and now I represent uh, everything from criminal defense clients to family law clients, custody issues, business law clients, and um, whether large or small companies, we do personal injury cases, civil litigation from both a prosecutorial as well as a defense side. Okay. So I have a lot of different attorneys there now that I that my firm has grown over the years because my number one goal is client satisfaction and customer service. So, you know, as you know, Gary, we can't guarantee any outcome, right. but I certainly can guarantee the level of service. And I really, really strive to achieve that. Right. So, you know, in, in going through, you know, what you've gone through and, and having, you know, many different, I'm going to say specialties as, as you, as you've gone, um, is the, the family law side of it, is that kind of your favorite, um, you know, kind of what, what, what drives you towards that? Cause I mean, you know, obviously to me that ties in a lot with the life coach side of things also. It definitely does. And you know, it, it became something that I think I just had an affinity for because of my background, because of my personal experiences. I am a single mom of three kids. I've been through divorce. I've been through really some tough times. And so I understand not only from a visceral perspective, because I've felt it, I've experienced it. I get it. I know the difficulties and the challenges, but I also know it from a professional perspective as well. So I can see both sides. And I think it takes someone who is very sympathetic and empathetic to meet their needs of their clients. I know a lot of attorneys who don't understand, especially when children are involved, they want to create such an adversarial environment that it does, it serves the client no good because once their divorce is finalized and the custody battle is over, the lawyer walks away. It's the parent who has to deal with the other parent 
and they have to learn how to manage and co-manage the family unit together. And it's still a family unit. And I think that's what most people don't realize. In order for children to feel safe and secure, the children have to, to feel that they are still a part of something. Yes, their parents are no longer together, but that doesn't mean that they, you know, that their world has to fall apart in the process. And I think so many lawyers lose sight of that and they want to inflate issues and they, they don't get a handle on their client's emotions. And it's very important for that attorney to really counsel and coach the client so that they are in control and not the client. But unfortunately, clients will look to an attorney for their advice and that attorney will just wanna beat home an issue and inflate something that otherwise shouldn't be an issue only to you know incur, get more fees. I hate to sound so shallow, but a lot of times that's oh, yeah. what it is. So you know, it's unfortunate because that attorney is really causing so much harm in the long run for their client and that client's family unit as a whole. And those children are suffering. So my passion was born out of the need to protect those children because I have kids and I know how hard it is for children. You know, even in a, even in a marriage when two people stay together and it's totally dysfunctional, you know, I was raised in a, in a very dysfunctional environment and, and that doesn't help either. Just because they're staying together doesn't mean the children are any healthier emotionally or psychologically. So I try to really focus on the kids and their well-being because, I mean, children have a hard enough time as it is. They're dealing with all of these pressures and anxieties and depression and suicidal thoughts and ideations. And it's just, it's hard for kids. So why parents want to add on to that because of their own selfishness is beyond me. And so I always say, if I can let go of things, anybody can. And it's about letting go because you can't hold on to that anger and expect your kids not to feel it. So it's about learning how to be a better person from within in order to be the best parent you can be. Yeah, because I, I definitely always say, you know, it's not, it's not the kid's fault that mom and dad aren't getting along anymore. Right. Um, so, but they want to blame themselves because oh, that's yeah. what they do, you know, they take it on all themselves and it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's what happens. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's something that's, that's extremely important for anybody who's listening that, that is going through, you know, this type of a situation. It's, you know, you do have to think of the, the, the total family and not just yourself. Right. Um, you know, because you've, you know, you've done this for a while and you've had, you know, deal with businesses and things like that. How do you, from a, you know, going through it myself in, in having a business and trying to, to make sure that you have that, that balance, uh, not just from the legal side, but from the, the coaching side, kind of what are, what are the mistakes that you're, you know, that you're seeing people that are in business going through, uh, divorce, uh, what are some of the mistakes that you see that they're making? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary. Well, I know we don't have enough time for all of them, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of times it's, um, I, I believe that 
open and honest communication is essential. Mm-hmm. And not only with your business partner, but with your life partner. And if let's just say you've had an established business already and you get married, I believe it's important to talk about the finances. And people get afraid of the word prenuptial agreement or postnuptial agreement. Postnuptial agreement is similar to prenups. It's just done after the marriage. Um, and, and there are rules and circumstances and you know things that have to go into effect with postnups. It depends on your state, but in general terms, that's really what it is. But um, I, I, I think if two people are choosing to, to, to cohabitate or share their lives or get married, marriage in particular, because the rules and the laws when you are married are very different from just living together. Um, I, I think that if you cannot talk about finances and if you cannot talk about an objective converse, if you can't have an objective conversation about a prenup, then I don't believe you should really get married. If you don't feel safe and secure to talk about finances, and expectations, then, then what does that say about the level of emotional intimacy in, uh, in your marriage? So you need to be able to have these open and honest discussions without judgment. Neither party should feel any kind of judgment by the other person. And prenups aren't a bad thing if they're fair to both sides. You know, if if you can openly and honestly say, look, I started this business. I worked my ass off for 15 years before I met you. I believe that we are going to live a long, you know, beautiful life together. I want to be with you forever. But in the event that our marriage doesn't work out, then I believe that this business should stay mine. And it's not to say that I'm not going to give you the revenue or whatever I believe that, you know, we, that you're entitled to or spousal support or whatever it is. Um, and, and, and you talk about it, you talk about what's fair, you talk about, you know, how the two of you can work things out. But I, I believe that makes the relationship that much deeper and stronger when you can have those open discussions. Right. Uh, so there's, that's one mistake. The other mistake is thinking you can do all things and be all things. When people are married, they share responsibilities, you know, right. and the traditional roles can still take place, whether it's the man working and the wife, you know, taking care of the children or the home or the cooking or the cleaning, whatever it is, or the roles are reversed. Oftentimes the men stay home now and take care of the children. So, so when you're married, you have that partnership, that level of understanding when you're divorced or going through a divorce, hard to be all things to all people. So the quality of life is very important. And I believe surrounding yourself with a very supportive team, you know, that they old saying it takes a village, you know, you really need to surround yourself with good quality people who have your back, who understand what you're going through, who don't judge you for leaving the office at five o'clock to get to your kid's baseball game, you know, whatever it is, you know, you need to set your priorities and, and your business might suffer for a little bit, but you'll bounce back once you get the, you know, the rhythm of your new life and your children's lives. And, and it can be a beautiful thing. You know, if you've been used to working, 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 and then all of a sudden you have to be a co-parent 50% of the time, then 
you'll rise, you'll do it, you know, and you'll just figure it out as it goes. So, you know, I, Gary, there's, I have so many stories. I have, <laughs> obviously we don't have enough time to get into everything, but right, right. yeah. So just be patient with yourself. Right. I think that, um, you know, this, that sometimes as, you know, as business owners, you know, people come to us to fix problems. And I think sometimes that makes it more difficult for us because we're used to fixing everything. And sometimes, you know, we just have to let things happen and not necessarily try to fix everything. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, something that's, that's difficult at times, that's for sure. Well, and I think, yes, and, and, and being in the moment is so important, whether it's being in the moment at work, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're a single parent who has a business, you know, it's, you wear multiple hats and you're constantly multitasking, but it's important, you know, to have designated times for just yourself. And I think daily rituals are super important. I think hobbies are super important. Um, you know, fulfilling your own life, because once you're fulfilled and whole, then you can be the best, you can be a much better parent. You can be a much better leader at the office, a much better boss, a much better employer, much better employee, whatever role you have within your, you know, your career, or your job. But then focusing when you're home with the children, focusing, having those special moments with each of your children, doing something, you know, it's not necessarily the quantity of time, it's the quality of time that matters. And for me, that was one of the things that was hard for me in the beginning, because, you know, I was used to constantly, even when I was married, I was the one home all the time, taking right. care of my kids, doing everything, you know, and most parents feel that way. And so when they have to, quote unquote, give up their child to that other parent for their parenting time, that's hard. It's like a piece of your heart is yep. leaving you. And so then you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose them or this or that. And, and, and no, what, what it, what it does is create that time that you are with them to be much more quality. And I've seen with my own clients, the parents actually becoming better parents because they can have more focused time with their children. And that's important to do. Right. I think that, that, you know, as just as, as people and, and, you know, kind of just piggybacking off what you're saying you know, that, that, that quality of time and things like that. I think that when you go through something like this, sometimes you appreciate the time that you have and you try to make the most of it. Um, and, and that is both, you know, with your kids and also within, you know, your business um, and making sure that, that you're, uh, you know, that you're being diligent about what you're doing and purposeful about, things that you're doing. And I think that that's important also. It is. And, and I do see sometimes though, Gary, that people, parents get so hard on themselves if something doesn't work out just the way they planned it, you know, like if on a particular parenting time day or an excursion or a vacation and it's not working out and it's like, it's okay. You know, don't beat yourself up. It's okay. You'll have that opportunity again, take a deep breath. And, you know, because sometimes things come up with the other parent or there's some, you know, tension or fighting or disagreements or whatever, just take a breath and walk away. And my, my comment to people that they want to react right away is just, you know, wait some time, give it a minute, maybe 24 hours before you respond to that. 
angry text or email, and then, and then you can resume and then you'll have that time with your kids again. So um, just be patient. Yeah. I think that, you know, that comment that you made there about, you know, waiting the 24 hours or, or a period of time, I, I think that's important, not just in dealing with a, you know, ex-spouse or, or soon to be ex-spouse or anything, but that makes sense in business also. Oh, um, for sure. Because, you know, many <laughs> times you get that email that just infuriates you, but it's like, okay, hang on. I got to, you know, got to calm down. Um because I know when I was going through the process, lots of times I would find myself getting upset about something. But then when I kind of sat back and looked at it, it's like, okay, I'm not really upset about that. That was just kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I got all this other stuff that, you know, that was on me that, that made me want to react a certain way. I think it's the word being mindful is very key you know, having your mind be stronger than your emotions. You know, obviously it's, it's good to have emotions. We, we learn what our body is telling us and emotions are very good and healthy to listen to because sometimes our body is our mind, right? But in, in these situations, it's so important to have your mind be very strong-minded and uh, not fly off the handle, not let your emotions get the better of you in those situations. Um, like I said, sometimes it's good to have emotion and uh, uh, to lead by emotion in your heart. But a lot of times when it's dealing with other people, definitely, you know, be very mindful and uh, and you'll your life will be a lot smoother. No, a lot, lot less drama. That's for right, sure. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, obviously, you, you've, you've gone through a lot with, um, you know, wore a lot of different hats throughout your life here, you know, professionally and personally. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? That, that things will be okay, you know, not to stress so much, not to be so anxious, not to be so hard on myself, that people are people, and uh, that you need to trust your own instincts. And everybody has an opinion and that doesn't mean that you are lesser than or you your opinion is lesser than anyone else's or your perspective um you know i tended to give away my power a lot and look to everybody else for feedback or their validation and it's all within you and um you have to be your own best friend you have to be everything for yourself first before you can really, you shouldn't look outside yourself for anything that you can give it all to yourself. I, you know, and, and we talked about kids earlier. I mean, I think that that's something important for us to instill in our kids. And I think that would help them a lot with their anxiety and, and other things like that. It's like, you know, and, and it's easy to say, but at, you know, the, the younger ages, it's more difficult for them to do, but it's easy to say, it's like, look, don't worry about what everybody else is thinking or what they're saying, worry about, worry about yourself. And I think that if we have more people that, that kind of followed down that path, I think that, that we would have a much better society, especially now going through you know, the pandemic that we've gone through for the past couple of years and, and just the way that people are at each other. And, yes. uh, you know, I just, I, I always find that everybody's, you know, allowed their opinion, 
you know, and my opinion doesn't mean that yours is wrong or yours doesn't mean it's mine's wrong. And if we disagree, we disagree, but it's not, you don't need to be so combative is what I, I feel. Gary, I, I have people that I know in my life that aren't friends with someone anymore because of their opinion about the vaccine or wearing masks or, right. and, and I think that's just horrible, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, when I was growing up, I mean, we could have open discussions about politics and not have it be so offensive to one another. And I, and it's, to me, it, it shows a lack of maturity and a lack of emotional intelligence. If someone can't hear someone else's opinion without taking a personal offense to it, well, that's on them. You know, if someone's so defensive or takes everything so personally that they can't be open-minded, then they're very, uh, they, they just don't have that emotional depth to them or the intelligence. There's no quality of depth or, you know, it just, it's very judgmental and I don't like that at all. And I, I think you're absolutely right. Our society is diminishing as a whole because people are so quick to judge other people. If everyone was a little more self-aware and had a little more depth of character to them and integrity, then then, you know, a little more confidence within themselves, they wouldn't care so much about what so-and-so is doing or thinking or believing. You know, they wouldn't listen to every single media outlet out there. They would know what their personal beliefs are. And it's okay if so-and-so believes something else, you know, it takes all types of people to make the world go round, you know? So as long as you're not hurting anyone or doing anything illegal, immoral, whatever, then okay, just let it go. Right, right. And I, I, I think that we need to get there because we're not yeah. there. Um, no. and, and I think that that's something that um, I'm hoping as this, the, the pandemic ends and things starting to loosen up now, I'm hoping that, that people are able to heal and kind of, you know, uh, go back to, not necessarily go back to, but learn to accept other people have, have other beliefs than they do. And it's because, Gary, people don't take the time to think, okay, well, this person's perspective and perception is because of all of these things that he or she experienced in their lifetime. Right. Everybody has a story. Everybody has issues in their lives and troubles and turmoils. And what someone experienced in their life is, you know, perhaps very traumatic to them. It might not have been so traumatic to you had you experienced it because your life experiences are so different. Right. So everybody brings to the table their own emotions, their own subconscious minds, their own thoughts and feelings. And so everybody, everybody views things very differently. And that's the beauty of humanity. Right. And I wish more people saw everybody as equal and everybody as um, equal in terms of no one's better than anybody else. Right. So just because their opinion is different doesn't mean it's better or worse or lesser than, you know, we all have our opinions and, and we're all entitled to them. We've kind of run through a bunch. Of <laughs> I know um, we've kind of covered been, the gamut. Been, been great. Um, what, no law, really. We haven't really talked much about the law. But. Right, right. Um, you know, but 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 again, I think that the the, the life coaching side of it um, in helping 
you know, business owners, I mean, you know, I, I know I have a couple of different coaches that, that help me at different parts of my business and things like that. And I think that lots of times, you know, business owners just feel that, okay, I got to do everything on my own. And it's like, you know, they, they got to understand that, you know, you can have other people that are out there that are helping you and maybe they're going to bring a, a new perspective to things that, that you may not have seen that are going to help you in the long run. Um, and I think that that's where, where, you know, the, the life coaching side of things and you're able to mix that with, with law and with business, I think is, is pretty powerful. Thank you, Gary. It's, it takes time for someone who's used to doing everything on their own. I mean, I'm one of them. I mean, I had nobody I could rely on. Right. And, um, and you, you have to learn that yes, in the, in the short term, it might take a little more time to explain something to somebody and, you know, they might not do it exactly the way you're doing it, or they might not get it right, you know, uh, the way you want it, or it's not going to be done maybe to your specifications, but at least it's getting done. Right. And at least it's going to free you up in the long run to do other things that really warrant more of your time. And it's important to delegate and it's important to learn that you can do more things and accomplish way more if you delegate and learn to give up some of that control and just to let it go and just to, to, to go fly and do it. Because right. if you're so control oriented and focused on doing everything yourself, then you're not going to grow as a business. You're not going to grow as a person. And you're certainly not going to be able to multitask to be that hands-on parent and the, you know, the great leader at the office. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. Um, if our listeners like what they've, what they've heard and they want to reach out to you for any of the topics that we've talked about, <laughs> how, how can they get in touch with you? Gary, they can find me at uh, my law firm, which is croninlawfirm.com. And they can reach out there if they have any legal matter that they want or even personal coaching. But I also have my own personal brand website and that's sabrinashaheen.com. And my last name, uh, is on that site is my maiden name and that's S-H-A-H-E-E-N.com. And they can sign up for any kind of workshop or personalized coaching. And um, I can coach many different people through a myriad of problems. I also have a little niche where if someone has a legal matter and they need me as a consultant on both a legal and personal level, I can do that in any state. I can help I can help them with their legal matter and I can talk to their lawyer. A lot of times that saves a lot of legal fees as well for them right. because I can kind of help them understand things better in a way that maybe their lawyer doesn't have time for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we really thank you for your time today and, and all of your wisdom. Thank you, Gary. It's been great. I, I've enjoyed it as well. Great. Our guest today was Sabrina Cronin, who's the founder of Cronin Law Firm. We'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.